Hello everyone, welcome to the Youth Critic Podcast on the Youth Critic Network. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Youth Critic Podcast. I'm your host, Kel Smith. Joining me today is David Weiser from Film Assessment. Hey. All right. And David, what are we talking about today? Uh, Raya and the Last Dragon. All right, guys. Remember what we're looking for. And don't trust anyone. Whoa, what <laughs> Baby, where are your parents? Hey, uh, who's baby? What? <laughs> really? A con baby? <sighs> Impressive. We could use someone like you. Let's catch you up. My name is Raya. Our lands have been at war for as long as we can remember. Our people never see eye to eye. My daughter, I believe our people can come together again, but someone has to take the first step. Now, in order to restore peace, we must find the last dragon. Yes, we are here to talk about the new Disney animated movie, Raya and the Last Dragon, and, um, and yeah, it's been a while since we've had one of these things in the animated movies. Um, granted, yes, we had Pixar's, uh, we had Soul come out last Christmas, but it's been a while. It's been, I think, an, a minute since we've had a Disney released movie. And uh, David, what were your thoughts on uh, Raya? I loved it. Um, like the animation was breathtaking. Like the, I, I love the um, Southeast Asian influences in terms of, I guess, like kind of like a samurai type in terms of approach. And then um, there's really valuable themes about kind of like love, friendship, um, kind of togetherness and this like divided society, which are kind of, which is really relevant today. Um, and uh, yeah, the characters are great really good world really good world building though it's like some of it's kind of on the nose uh i'm i would i would love to see more of this world yeah so just to jump into it real quick you know you brought up the world building and it kind of being on the nose it is but we also i think we all have to keep in mind this is still a family film so and this is going to be a movie disney kind of always aims to make long-lasting like long memories for their you know new like children's movies or their family films so to make it to where it's on the nose for children i think it's that's part of the game um but yeah to really the only thing that stood mm -hmm. out to me is on the nose was like the names of the tribes and like their um, areas and how they related to the dragon like the pieces of the dragon so the and then the map was like literally shaped like a dragon so it was like there was like spine and talent and stuff like that that was really the only thing that was on the nose for me 
everything else like in terms of like the different cultures and how they uh, differed from one another and the the whole Kumandra I, I believe is uh, the name of the country world um, uh, society <laughs> mm-hmm. um, that was interesting yeah so for me what I loved about uh, Raya is that it's a story not only about coming to or coming together, um, but it's also a story about trust, and it's a story about learning how to forgive, and it's but also it's a it dives into like the politics of these you know these like factions or nations and why you know they broke up or you know like why and how they all you know act and what's even kind of cool about this journey is in every time they go to each place they pick up a new person from that each area kind of symbolizing that they're all coming together uh in a way that so but yeah and but yeah, I and I like how the, of the mm. the group that they assemble, they differ in terms of age, like substantially. Like they have that baby, and then they have like the full grown man. They have the child, and they have Raya and the other girl who are like teenagers, like older young adults, like around that. And Raya, I thought that was fascinating. Yeah, Raya and uh, Namari. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and what I love, yeah, and H1, they all are bringing, they're all coming together to, you know, to for all of one goal, even if one nation is against it, rather for, you know, class reasons or, or even to, you know, not be absolved of any justice. Like, that's even more kind of the more interesting part for me is how like even when the goal becomes clearer, um, like it's still the one like villain, the one nation is that's like holding out is like, yeah, I don't want to, I don't want this to happen because then we'll be all absolved of, or we will all be of you know accountable for you know our actions or in that way. Um, but yeah, I, and but yeah, I just that's one of the interesting ideas and then I loved how uh I'm gonna miss I'm gonna butcher this Jitsu Zidzu um the Aquafina's character is like the one character that's like that has the answer but everyone's just ignoring her and then it becomes like a motif slash theme that runs through the whole movie and ultimately kind of becomes the solution like for a movie that you know is very obvious the the writing you know if you kind of just go with it if you just kind of ride the ship of the of uh raya the last dragon you'll kind of be amazed you'll kind of be amazed where you end up in you know, but if you try and put on like a writing, like a screenwriter cap of like, okay, I know where beats are going to happen, happen. 
and this is how, where it's going to be, then yeah, it's going, <laughs> then yeah, you're, it's going to be kind of obvious. But if you kind of ride with the, the wave of it, it will, it's, you can kind of see the subtle, you can appreciate the subtlety of what um, the writers here are trying to do. Uh, um, so is there anything to talk about non-spoilery before we get into spoilers? Um, I saw a tweet that kind of brought to attention something that uh, before I saw it, it was kind of interesting, like beyond like the, like, I guess, political, social relevance, there's like the fact that there's this plague that's overtaken the world of the, or this country and they're all wearing masks. And like, it's really fascinating how that, because this is not, I don't think that's something that they could have possibly added between the time that uh, COVID started. Like, I, I feel like that's that was not like a late production change. I think that was something that happened to, like happenstance happened to uh, correlate with what's going on. Yeah, I don't, I don't think anyone, because animation works, although, I mean, it's not entirely out of the question, but, you know, it, it is unlikely. one of, yeah, it's, it's very unlikely because it just takes so much time to kind of weave all, weave everything into a story, and they would have had to known that way beforehand, and or way before COVID even started. And because this is a very well woven in tapestry. And I mean, you can even read like the plague doesn't like the water. Well, you can kind of read that water kind of purifies everything or water hydrates. You can kind of read, you can read into that as you will, even though clearly the, the symbolism of the water is the plague is absorbing the water molecules out of these people or the water the ma the magic the water out of yeah out of these people and that's what in that's you know what is clearly happening but i mean it's not a far off read i mean this i mean it's it's creative osmosis is what i would call it um but yeah, it's, but yeah, it's, well, it's interesting. Everyone starts the movie wearing masks and then the more they come and then the more they come together, they, you know, not many people are wearing masks. So I don't know what the reading is at, but that's where we go from there. Um, they got, they got their vaccine in the form of the, the, the crystals or the oh, pieces yeah. of the, <laughs> um, Yes. I will say one thing, I, this is slight criticism of it, is I felt like generally the pacing of most movies is very rushed or not, not necessarily rushed, but just very quick paced. Like they, things always are moving in like modern blockbusters and uh, there's not a lot of time to breathe. And I really felt that here. Uh, there are some scenes that are exceptions to this, but I felt like in terms of how quickly they move from each um, area to another. I, I, I wish it had been a longer movie 
if, as weird as that sounds. I'm, maybe part of that is just how fascinated I was in the world building that I wanted to spend more time in it. But I, I felt like they kind of like really quickly rushed from one uh, village uh, society to another to uh, on their search for the, each of the pieces of the um, the dragon uh, stone thing. You're right in that assumption, but I don't. I don't think the movie is too short. I think because the problem I have with the world building is, while there isn't enough, there is. It's a there's a lot at the beginning. Yeah. To, like there's a lot where we're just in the desert, and you know, and for me, that's where I kind of wish the movie was shorter but yeah i would agree the movie needed more breathe breathing time because the world of um let me look up the name uh the, this kind of world these factions Kamandra, like it is a really interesting world and one that's you know very water-based i mean obviously it's water-based for you know reasons but it's very interesting that, you know, how like all these towns in production design are like all built to be like, you know, they're, they're meant to be like, you know, they're designed, you know, specifically for being on the water and to be somewhat protected by. And it was interesting how they were able to do that, but differ each society or like town village from one another, like in a pretty noticeable ways and like and then it kind of like also kind of it feels like a, a case of the animated production design kind of taking from the the culture of each of these like factions where like their characteristics and stuff like inform the design of their village and the functionality and stuff um so that's another fascinating thing i guess mm -hmm. absolutely it and you know even more impressive is like you know what is in every town i mean the town of you know the talon land i mean we have an infant that's been on her own for however many you know years or months and she's learned how to be a con artist to take care of herself mm -hmm. like there is so much interesting there but there's also like the a tragic undercurrent to it all because benedict wong's character um has is really the only survivor of Spineland, you know and like and then of course Fa you know fangland they're just they're cut off from all the problems they're basically the elite society of here mm -hmm. so it it's all like really interesting and then you kind of have and then at the center of this you have this friendship with uh namar namari and uh raya uh, the interesting or, about thing about that is you can kind of read into it it's like you can read into that relationship in many different ways oh yes you can it's they don't say it, but it really is a queer relationship. Mm -hmm. Like, and I know 
uh, and I know for the and I know for the um, LGBTQ community, you know that they would love a more stronger confirmation or a stronger stance. But I mean, it is very, very much a because even the way they meet, it's very much the typical meet cutesy relationship. Um, I mean, yes, it's a much more, it's a very complicated relationship, um, but it's one that ends in a much better place by the end. Do you want to go ahead and go into spoilers? Because I kind of want to talk about tomorrow's part. You know, okay, yeah. Um, Riot, uh, Riot the Last Dragon's really good. Um, I don't know when we'll do when we'll come back to it but we will talk about the disney plus again uh but yeah this from here on is spoilers um so what about namari did you find interesting her redemption arc in the sense that but it's it's fascinating in a lot of different ways but like there's one the element of she from her perspective nothing she's doing is wrong like she's doing what she's doing for her people. Um, and so that's her, you, you understand her point of view. And then like, you also like, and then like the way that they kind of, I, I like that she was the last person kind of entrusted because I feel like that kind of uh, really resonates with the theme of the movie in the sense of like, if, if Raya had been the last person it wouldn't have felt like as much of a, there was as much of a breach of trust that way as it is the opposite way, especially the way they set things up with her accidentally killing uh, Shishu, 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 I don't know. <laughs> um... But then, so another slight thing is I feel like they kind of uh, pulled their punches in terms of no no long i understand there needs to be a happy ending but i feel like they really pulled their punches in terms of no like really long standing stakes or consequences like ever when they resolve everything everything's kind of just uh happy go lucky everything's fixed everyone's back to life and i get you you the way that's set up you need to revive the people that were like turned to stone like that that had to happen it's kind of like the that's your end game moment or your dusting moment and even like i I wouldn't even i don't even take issue with like the other dragons coming back but i feel like sishu uh coming back is like slight a little cheap um i don't know i I like the character but i feel like like for for her to like die and then like be brought back instantly along with everything else is just like yeah so that was kind of my nitpick so i don't hate the ending i think it's a very nice ending um but i do agree like after everything that has happened not only why is uh sishu back but also so by the law this is the movie's logic so you know in the kind of prologue that's or the 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 story beginning of the the story before the story all these dragons you know they combine their powers into this one like cylinder this crystal ball 
and let allow themselves to be turned to stone and and then pressed on the sishu to uh you know bring the to bring in the plague with the the big crystal ball but none of the other dragons came back so by well they didn't come back originally they didn't come back so by logic wouldn't it have been made more sense if that core group stayed to stone or in or namari you know was the one that came back because like there's lots like i admire the script a lot but there's so much of the like how does the crystal ball work in unsnapping everybody um, or bringing back people from, you know, stone that kind of just goes so that it, it doesn't really follow through its logic. And I think that's kind of, I think the writers, I think we're forced to have a much happier ending where Sishu comes back and everybody is now, you know, unsnapped. It's not just, you know, people, it's now dragons. I do think that, I think the core group, like, you can't have Raya not reunite with her father. Like, that had to happen. So, and then, like, the baby also, like, you know, like, I feel like the core group coming back, I feel like I'm fine with that. I feel like Sishu is the one where I feel like, I feel like in the grand scheme of things, if she was the one they were interesting, her role in the thing was to get these people, these group of people to trust one another and do the same thing, basically. And so okay. then, like, I feel like it would mean more if her sacrifice, it would mean more for her to sacrifice herself with the longstanding uh, stakes and consequences of not coming back, her specifically. Okay. Yeah, it does. I mean, I mean, yeah, I do think, you know, Sishu, well, because Sishu actually dies. You know, so it doesn't really make sense to bring her back. And it is it is a problem. It's well, it's kind of it's not as egregious as the Frozen 2 ending where um what's her face? Elsa comes in at the last minute and stops like a giant tidal wave. It's not as egregious as that. Oh, but... I definitely prefer I much prefer this to Frozen 2 and Frozen 1. <laughs> okay 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 but well, fair but yeah it's just one of the but i think sishu coming back it's not world ending but it is one of those it's like oh yeah and you're back now wait how is anything happening um yeah it, it's not a bad decision it's i i understand like the rationale behind it we want the happy ending it's just i, I feel like the movie like the story would have resonated more if there had been more meaningful stakes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, and they would have all. What would have been really cool is if they did build. And then, like I'm... you look at you look at some of their other recent animated right. movies like Big Hero Six. They didn't bring back Tadashi. Uh, is the one that dies. No, ba- Betamax. Not not Baymax. Not I'm not talking about Baymax. I'm talking about his older brother. Like they didn't 
they like oh, lead you yeah. to believe he's the villain, but they never bring him back. Like I feel like that's an example of like where they did commit to a death. Like with Baymax, it makes sense because he's a robot. Like of course he would rebuild it. <laughs> but okay, so yeah, I re- well you have to remember Big Hero Six got a lot of I don't know if it was flack, but it was a lot of attention because they killed the brother and they kill and they killed Betamax in one movie, you know? And so, so I don't, so maybe Disney's just kind of like, okay, well, everyone just survives. Everyone gets yeah. unsnapped. Everyone, and, and even now it's like, Vision is back now. He's white. Yeah. He's whiter, but <laughs> he's back. I don't want to go on that tangent because I'm. I feel like their Marvel has gotten into a circle of like there are no long-standing stakes or consequences for any of their characters. Oh yeah. Like none, none of the change lasts. It, it's reverted. It's resolved in another movie, off-screen. <laughs> But we mm. that's a discussion for another day. <laughs> we'll save it for May anyway, or hopefully May. We'll hopefully May. Um, knocking on wood here, but yeah. Um, so, but yeah, in terms of the ending, it's it's not bad. It's just one of those. It it def- it goes it's against the movie's sh- logic, and it, kind it goes of ends with a whimper in the sense mm-hmm. of like. It, it doesn't feel as strong as the rest of the like I think there is a lot of emotional uh, there's an odd there's a lot of emotion to be taken from it in terms of seeing each of the people reuniting with their loved ones I think that's great it's 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 just like what I I guess the happy ending of it all like it's too happy ending bright sunshine and it's Hi. it's weird because not every Disney movie has a Disneyfied a happy ending to it and I feel like this the reason it's it feels like a problem with this one is because this movie felt pretty um, gritty and uh, I dare I say edgy for, for like an animated Disney movie in terms of like like the, the uh, samurai influences like I was discussing earlier and like all the Southeast Asian culture like it felt very serious grounded and serious mm-hmm well, it, so, well, yeah, I mean, it's a very, it's a much more, there's much more stakes to it. There's much more, you know, I mean, there's characters that have been wounded by the set events that happened in the movie or at the beginning of the movie. And, you know, and it's them for the longest time reconciling with those events and, and trying to redeem themselves from it. You know, you brought up Namari. She is doing this because she feels that her country, she feels that her country are the right people. They're the, they're the people that should own, should have owned the stone or the, the, the dragon's heart and, um, and not, you know, heart. And then on Raya's side of this angle, she's trying to save her father from stone damnation, if you will. So, while also redeem, while also fulfilling his dream, hopefully. And so, yeah, everyone's on this interesting arc 
of trying to resolve a situation. It's just interesting how Fang is the ones that are like this classist group that are like, we still need the stone until the plague. Uh, I don't even remember. I know the plague has a different name, but you know, the plague is, you know, till the plague literally comes at them because they're not surrounded by water anymore. Like that's interest like that that's interesting. And it leads to some incredible fight sequence or action sequences. Which so which what did you think of the action of this movie? Oh, that was great. Like I didn't have a problem with that at all. Like that was one of my favorite things about it. Mm -hmm. uh, really well animated, well like staged and choreographed and like just like the um I know with animation it's so strange to describe like I guess the in animation there's editing and cinematography so like with like just the execution of these action scenes like with animation you kind of have limited unlimited possibility but like it felt so um, it didn't feel too out there and crazy like it felt like grounded like I was saying earlier uh, very grounded in reality like it felt like an actual like live action uh action movie like samurai action movie or... well and for me it feels more intense and real because you can do you know uh because you can do unlimited moves you can do move the camera and still have perfect lighting whereas in live action i mean that's you have to set up a light a certain way and you know and i mean it's and it just you know it blows my mind how great the action is and how emotional it is and how emotionally charged it is each you know action has its own purpose i mean each action especially with namari's character every time as she's in the play like it has its own you know beats um and yeah, I, I just really, I really like the action here and especially that last action scene. Actually, that whole like just Fang getting attacked while Namari and Raya are having this big fight and all of it's fantastic. It's really good stuff. Um, but we, we haven't talked about um, Sishu yet. What do you think about Sishu, Aquafina's character? Great, great character. Made made really good use of Aquafina's uh, comedic uh, timing and uh, her ability as a comedian. <laughs> she, she, I, I, I really, I, I think she's like really kind of on the like, this really nice career resurgence, or not really resurgence, like just like career wave in terms of like the farewell. This and I guess the Jumanji movie was another thing that she did recently. And she has um, Shang-Chi coming up. She was really good in this. I, I love the character. The only My only problem was, like I said earlier, I wish she had stayed dead just because I feel like it would have made it all feel... I, I feel like it would have tied it all together a little bit better, like just a little bit better. Well, what I like about Sishu is that she's kind of like the Paddington, what I call the Paddington character, the static character, where... It's a great character who's inspiring everyone 
through their goodness, through their, you know, you know, their own inner, you know, kindness and acceptance. Sure, that gets, you know, them, that one character into a couple, you know, rough spots. But, you know, in the end, you know, it, their, you know, perseverance comes from being good and trusting. And that's what, you know, and that's what wins over Namari in the end, the least, you know, the one who is the most, or the character that, you know, is the one that, you know, backstabbed uh, Raya. So it's, you know, it all, so it all works with Aquafina's character. And then Kelly Marie Tran is doing really good work. I'm glad she really got to play this character since uh, Star Wars kind of, you know, dumped her. <laughs> and you will, or not dumped her, they kind of just threw her to the, they kind of threw her to the wayside. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was glad to see Kim and Chan. Uh, Daniel Day Kim's really great in this. Benedict Wong always being fantastic. Uh, yeah, this was a great voice cast of um, of of, of um, Asian character, Asian actors, and really well done here and very well placed here. Um, so trying to think. Is there anything else to talk about the movie other than uh, is there anything else to talk about the movie other than like it's outside like marketing and distribution? Um, I feel like we kind of touched it. Oh, uh, I like, I love the short that played before it. Yes, us again. Um, so for those who don't know, is it even on Disney Plus? I'm not sure, but Probably. I can um, do, why don't you talk about it and I'll um, do some research. I love the kind of central message of it of kind of like chasing your youth is kind of futile. Like the, the whole idea of like the rain, like just kind of like the fountain of youth, but in rain form. I, I, and then that, that, they're just so fascinating. And I, I liked that there was no dialogue. It was all communicated visually. Um, made great use of medium uh the animation was stunning uh and like i said it had a really valuable message about um, not pursuing your past and your, your youth or the value of kind of accepting like you're certain getting older and you're uh kind of i guess like lessened um ability <laughs> like kind of uh midlife crisis type Mm. yeah so for me what i love about us again is that uh it really showcases how much more like lifelike their animate disney's animation has gotten over the years like their textures and uh development have gotten a lot they've done really great work you know in the in the post like uh frozen 2 like frozen 2 you kind of start to see like more textures and landscapes that look more photoreal and us again in the seven minute short i mean it really makes new york city pop 
and it and then uh, i know that the face that the characters themselves looks kind of like plasticky still like kind of like um an amana lisa looking like characters but it still is so impressive like how lively the animation is and how like incredibly dynamic that animation is and then also yeah it's a great story about chasing youth and even how that you know you know and how that's problematic and how you know that can lead you to being even more lonely um so uh just to re so just to do some research yes the us again is only exclusively in theaters you can only see it in um a theater um because and i'm trying to look at the article and yeah it's only i yeah it's only on there uh in theaters until june it'll debut on disney plus in june but yeah it is an, a fantastic short and i don't i don't want to force people to go to movies if they don't want to but that is another reason to go and see uh raya in the theater is you get this incredible short and then what's even cooler is the motif of rain starts with us again and then you see it all the way through uh raya so you have this interesting motif through both short and feature about water and rain and hydration basically disney's just trying to tell you to stay hydrated uh and everything will be and everything will just work out <laughs> All right. Um, so with that, let's get into the Disney Plus premiere access of it all. I don't think, I know you, we've talked about Disney Plus on Soul, and I think we've talked a little bit on it uh, with Tyler back when we were doing the Soul podcast, but um, do you think this strategy that they're doing with the $30 fee is worth it for them or it's working out so far? I don't know. I mean, for the consumer, I think it's a, well, like well, $30 seems like a lot. I think it's a win-win for like families because if you're not comfortable going to a theater, $30 is probably cheaper than what most families would spend to go watch it in theaters anyways. Um, and then I also, that way the movie doesn't like completely lose all profit. Like, you know, like it, it, it doesn't get sold <laughs> uh, like S-O-U-L um, mm. in the sense where, where Soul doesn't even have potential to make a profit because all its profit will come from Disney Plus subscriptions, which is kind of this whole like ambiguous thing. Like, uh, okay, um, this way at least the movie stands a chance to maybe earn rights or earn a earn potential to make to uh green light a sequel um i i also like that this gives the consumer a choice where if they want to see it in theaters and are comfortable doing so they can and then if you're not you can stay home and watch it but um i, I there's kind of the murky ethics of charging 30 dollars on top of a subscription um and Especially I don't since, know how I, well, go ahead. 
and I don't know exactly. I don't. I, don't, I personally wouldn't. I'm not interested in uh, buying any of the films through the Premier Access if, uh, for any of these movies if they release them this way. But I, I definitely prefer this to move on in the sense of they give people a choice. Um, yeah. Yeah. And it, and I also prefer it to Soul in the sense that again you have choice. Um, maybe HBO Max is Warner Brothers is the way to go where you're not charging people twice but so what I so my criticism for Premiere Access and actually HBO Max just today as or earlier today of this recording uh, they announced that they're going to announce a lower tier option in June uh, to where you can watch like stuff with ads uh, for the exception of HBO content, which me, which probably will mean they'll just, you know, have like ads in the beginning and then ads at the end uh, to make up for it. But, you know, but they are offering in June a lower tier option uh, versus their normal $14.99 uh, subscription fee. The only difference is you will not be able to watch uh warner brothers current like release films like one like so if it were thinking june you won't be able to watch in the heights or uh or in july space jam um so you won't be able to watch those movies if you choose to watch the lower tier option so in a way that HBO Max is heading sort of towards, but you and I all on HBO Max anyway already pay the higher fee anyway. So the or the regular fifteen dollar fee anyway. So and then Disney just up their charge their subscription fee a dollar. Mm-hmm. So now it's seven ninety nine. So now you factor in twenty nine ninety nine and seven ninety nine. You're paying. 30 almost 38 dollars or exactly exactly like 38 dollars and just to watch uh raya or let's say in may if disney does this it's still on it's still on the you know count for this if black widow is given premiere access um so i don't so yeah, it's very interesting that you know this is so it's good that we have these. Like I'm not saying it's bad, but it's also really disappointing that you know not everything can be sold. Like like I I'd rather live in a world where they just, you know, hey, here's a movie on us. I wish I I wish they kind of did the soul thing, but uh, also have the theater option. I think that might be the way to go. Yeah. So like, it's included with your subscription, but if you want to see it in theaters, we're giving you the choice. You you can if you want to. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, re- that's fair. I mean, and that's fair. I mean, Soul didn't go to theaters anyway, but and that's fair. I mean, Wonder Woman. I I think I'm. I think the more I'm getting at is we're moving away from HBO we're moving away more from HBO Max um, 
being the solution because they're but then again you got to remember here i mean the the vaccine rollout is going a lot better than or it's moving a lot faster so and i mean they're even saying by the end of the summer things could look a little better so we might not even be having this discussion in six months so um so but for now you know, for my take on this, I think, you know, I think Raya is worth it for families. But if it's just, you know, you and I, and we're just watching it on our thing and not, and we don't like share our accounts, or I don't know if you share your account, but just hypothetically. I do with my family. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but hypothetically, um, if we just only share it or just keep it to ourselves and maybe share it with like a friend or a family, um, it's still, it, you'd still come out like cheaper if you just went and saw it at like your local theater, if it's open. Mm -hmm. um, For Mulan, uh, I had a friend, he had Disney Plus, we split the cost of Mulan and I just watched it on his account. And I felt like that was like a viable solution to where I felt comfortable. So then I was like basically only paying $15 to see it. So it didn't feel as. <laughs> um, I watched Mulan through someone else's account. So that's how I watched Mulan. Um, yeah, I watched it through someone else's account. So um yeah and uh it's still a very beautiful movie but uh i don't even know if it's worth seeing in a theater no I, di I didn't care about missing out on that one um it was more like the souls and the rayas that things like that i would want to experience and then like uh, i don't know about black widow if i'll really care or either way like i mean i'm gonna see it but I'm not like gung-ho on like, I have to see this in a theater. I probably will see it in a theater because that's just like the preferred viewing method in general for me. But um, it's not something that I feel has to be seen in a theater. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, in terms of uh, Raya's premiere access, I mean, it's good. I just, and if you don't want to pay for premiere access and you just want to wait, here's the yeah, thing. Then it'll be on there in a few months. Yeah. Even on their site, it says, you know, it'll be available to all Disney plus subscribers um, on June 4th. So it, so all you have to do is wait two and a half more months for this thing to come out. Or you can watch it through someone else's account. Or yes. <laughs> watch it through your friend's account and yeah yeah because that's a normal thing to do in 2021 you know just yeah yeah or that so but yeah it's um it's very yeah i really like it and then i i think it's just interesting that now hbo max is like oh we're going to offer you this lower t tier and granted this just came out so there's no idea what the prices are going to be for this lower tier option um and it definitely won't be out till uh june so we won't we, it's details are still like emerging from that but yeah it's 
fascinating. And then um, going forward in the pandemic or going back to movies in the summer. So we currently have Black Widow. As of this recording, Black Widow is still coming out on May 7th. Yes, I think we got that right. And and then uh yeah yeah may 7th and then um you know and then quiet place opens on may 23rd on uh, yeah. may 31st it'll be memorial day okay and then oh i thought it was may 24th whatever memorial day is i'm pretty sure it's 30th or the 31st okay so it's coming out Memorial Day. So Quiet Place is coming out Memorial Day. Um, and The Heights is still coming out in June. Um, and Fast F9 is coming out in June. Top Gun is opening in July. Um, and also opening in July is Chang-Chi. Uh, As of now. I, I have a feeling that one might move. To be fair to Chang-Chi... They could, it's not necessarily, it is really a matter of pandemic or how Black Widow goes because I have a feeling that Chang-Chi will probably be a bigger budget, if not same budget as Black Widow. So it, so Black Widow, they might just put it out this time as a test case to see if it's anywhere near profitable to put a movie out and then in July you know and then they'll make the decision to either uh, release Chang-Chi then or just push it to I guess Eternals release date and then shift everything some more um, but yeah I don't I mean yeah but it's not going to be a matter of if they can finish the movie on time. They, knowing how Marvel schedules go, they finish shooting the movie in October and the movie comes out in July. So they could technically finish this movie on time. Pandemic be damned. Um, any, so yeah. Um, is there any more thoughts on the current like streaming, um, streaming movies deal? Mm, I don't know. As long as I get to see stuff in the theater that I, if I want to, I'm cool. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, that's my thing is as long as people can still see stuff, I'm good with it. Like, you know, I loved seeing 10 in the theater, but I wished, but it was weird having a slowed reaction to tenant where everyone was like waiting for it to get on blu-ray and then when it got on blu-ray everyone was like oh yeah this is great no this is shit or you know we didn't have the critical we didn't have that kind of typical you know discussion over a movie because it just wasn't was available a weird rollout yeah mm -hmm. right and, and it was the only one that had that weird rollout because new mutants died like on arrival and then 
Bill and Ted was everyone was able to see it at the same time. Everyone was able to either watch it at home or watch it in the theater. So, so yeah, it it worked out better for Bill and Ted. And then, yeah. Um. So yeah, and I think that's all I have on uh, Raya for now. It's a good movie, really good movie. Um, one of the better films I've seen of 2021 so far and that I can actually say it's a 2021 movie. Um, all right, so uh, with that, David, are you ready to go into plugins? Yeah. All right, well, David, where can the good people find you? Do you have a blog? Yeah, it's called Film Assessment. Um, I haven't gotten my Raya review up yet. Um, I've had a lot going on in the past week, so I haven't had a chance to really sit down and write it. Um, but I'll have it up within hopefully the next week. Um, also want to write about WandaVision. I haven't gotten a chance to do that yet either. Um, I'm going to be, I am I'm in the process of writing about, I'm, I'm kind of uh, doing a blog post of uh, my personal picks and predictions for the Oscar nominations on Monday morning. And then on Monday morning, I'll do a post on the nominations themselves and my thoughts. Um, you can find all my handles, uh, film assessment, and then Weiser underscore David is my personal account. Yeah. Oh, all right. And you can find me on Twitter at MovieKale. Um, and next week, uh, we are going to do probably just a catch-up episode because we still have it like reviewed certain movies on here on the show where so we might just do a blanket and here's what we watched um in the last few weeks um because david and i have not talked about a lot of movies that have come out like we've not talked about judas in the black messiah we have not talked about um uh we've not talked about land we've not talked about another uh the foreign language film another uh another round we've not talked about um minari so uh we there's this a big gap of films that we haven't covered yet and we will eventually cover the snyder cut um it's just a matter of david and i um just sitting down and watching the whole damn the whole damn thing so um but yeah so I'll keep everyone updated on that because I know people are really into the Snyder Cut since it's trending. And then uh, we'll be ready to talk about Oscars. And um, the for me, the biggest blockbuster, the first big blockbuster of 2021, and that's Godzilla versus Kong. So that's going to be our plan for now. And, but yeah, everyone will be back with you guys very soon. We do, we have a couple other things in, in the pipeline that we'll save, but I'll save those for Twitter or to, to announce on Twitter this week. Thanks everyone. We'll be back with you next week with our catch up episode and maybe a follow up episode of the Snyder Cut. We must find the last dragon. I wish to join this fellowship of butt kickery. Let's go. We'll have to watch our backs. We're not the only ones looking. 
six years of searching. Please let this be it. Almighty Sisu! Who said that? We really need your help. Ah, I'm gonna be real with you. I'm not like the best dragon. Have you ever done like a group project, but there's like that one kid who didn't pitch in as much, but still ended up with the same grade? Uh, we're doomed. You and the dragon are coming with me. Hmm, my sword here says we're not. The world's broken. You can't trust anyone. Maybe it's broken because you don't trust anyone. You just have to take the first step. Dragons can do that? Look how close my butt is to my head. It's gonna make digestion so much faster.